Welcome to Unashamed Unafraid, a show unashamed about sexual addiction recovery and unafraid of coming into Christ for healing. Where we talk about real recovery stories, answer anonymous questions with experts, and share resources that actually work. I'm your host, Steve. And I'm your co-host, Chris. And we are Unashamed Unafraid. Chris, what's up, man? What up? We're back. So I feel like I need to make a public apology here. Uh, Eric and I have this connecting moment at boot camp, and he's like totally in my larger story, which is a concept we talk about boot camp, that everyone's story has meaning and purpose, and his large and important best-selling book, Billboard Cover, which you and I believe in very strongly. Yeah. And um, so we have this great moment that comes together, and I'm like totally emailing, we will make this happen. Uh, Eric had to email me like three times. We had to like reschedule two other times. So public apology, make repair. But um, dude, talk about the power of speaking from the eye. And his heart. Speaking straight from his heart. Totally. That's what's cool I like about this is just just hearing him um, just pour his heart out to us. And we, I mean, we asked him some pretty awesome questions in this, some thought-provoking questions. And he just jumped right into it with his heart. Yeah, and what and what I love about um, this episode is just um, just his passion and heart, but not in like uh, like charisma. Like, is this guy blowing sunshine and rainbows somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, right. in a way that just like this is a real person working real recovery, and I feel like um, he's totally a, a, a banner of I think our message of what we're really about. Like, it doesn't take you being some super special or superstar or, you know, celebrity, pretty people, whatever, like normal, regular, everyday people sharing their story. It's, it's profound and it's powerful. And I think this is just that like, Eric is just a normal dude. This guy we know from boot camp, right? Like has normal life problems doing the things, just got married, you know, is just living life. And, has some profound knowledge and wisdom and battles hard fought and won and has the courage to really name abuse and other things that have happened in his life and what he's done about it and how he's done it and how it hasn't gone perfect and, you know, the messiness of it. And so just love the humanness and, and the hope that really comes in that. Yeah. And he, he even has some pretty good uh, quick little quotes that you may want to jot down when you're listening to it. Yep. So grab a notepad, join us in the studio. Um, we invite you, if you want to join us for the bonus content, become an outsider and become deeper engaged with our movement. You can go to unashamedunafraid.com slash donate. That's where you can donate. And we are a 501c3 nonprofit. So all of that money in truth, no one gets paid here. We lock Jason in a basement and make him do the audio. No one gets paid. And so all of that money goes to scholarships. If you're in need of a scholarship to come to boot camp or other resources, we invite you to go to unashamedunafraid.com slash scholarships. Uh, go to iTunes, give us five stars. That's how the world finds us. Um, reach out to us if you have a story to share. Um, we'd love to hear from you and, and have you join and be part of our community. And with that, we'll get in the studio with Eric. Eric, what's up? Hey. <laughs> hey. What do you want? That's good. <laughs> oh, you, you know what we want. We want all the gold nuggets and we're here. So, um, we want the good stuff. Uh, 
Eric uh, has has been a super kind brother with me in reaching out. Um, uh, we were uh, at boot camp, and uh, shortly thereafter, um, uh, emailed me, and he's like, "Let's go," and I'm like, "We're totally gonna go." And um, about four emails, and uh, like six months later, um, we made it. So, um, uh, first, what I want to just have you share is um, tell us about the the passion that you're feeling to share your story. All right. Um, well, so I'll, I'll start it with the story from boot camp. Um, we had a session about our larger story, and I went out and and listened to a bit of music and just sat there and thought, like, what is my larger story? Just asking God, and I didn't get an answer. And after sitting there for fifteen twenty minutes, I realized I had the answer. It'd been coming to me for months of share my story in whatever form that is, you know, write a book, get out and talk to people. And then I sat down for uh, the next session and it was you doing, I don't remember, but um, later on um, you sat next to me and this other guy came up behind. He's like, Hey, have you talked to him about Steve about doing your larger story? And I was like, no, you know, it's like, I don't want to do that. You know, it's scary. Um, but that's the little push I needed to get here. This is where I need to be for whatever reason. So, and I love, I love touching people's hearts, um, in whatever way I can, encouraging others to be better and improve. And, and, uh, I'm still definitely on that journey myself and learning to love myself, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm here. So, so, um, tell us about the low point in the journey. Which one? The lowest. <laughs> oh, like watch your story, man. Well, I've got a couple, but I'll go with one. Yeah. Um, so my now wife of a month actually, which is pretty cool. Whoop, whoop. Um, She's mine. You can't, you can't have her. Oh, I'm <laughs> set brother. Trust me. So we've been dating a little over four years now. Um, and like a relationship started off great and just kind of slowly went downhill, ended up being very codependent, finding validation in each other, me kind of pushing her boundaries and just not treating her well at all. Um, I got to a point she almost broke up with me and is like, I can't, I don't, want that, you know? Um, and it took me time to want to change and to heal. Cause at that time I was still struggling hardcore with porn addiction, with masturbation, with not wanting to work, find a job. So I was struggling with that at the time for like not having self-worth and, and believing in myself. Um, and she encouraged me to go back to therapy, which I had done previously. And that was kind of the turning point for me. But those months of not knowing what direction our relationship would go were the hardest for me. Yeah. Yeah. So did she know going into it or into your relationship, did she know about your pornography addiction? Have you talked to her about that? Yeah. Within a couple months, we talked about it. Sweet. So you were already open with her about it. That's cool. Yep. 
When, when for you, uh, just kind of, you know, filling in the history, right? So when for you, were you like, oh, I think this is a problem. Like, when did you have that moment? Like, this is more than a, ran- a, a series of random events. In my life? Uh-huh. Yeah. When did that first show up for you that you're like, oh, this is like a thing? Probably like 14, 15. Um, I found porn around age like 11 or so, uh-huh. I think. And it just kind of grew from there. And, and at first it was like, oh, this is great. You know, I can, I can use this and numb out from my, like, wanting to hide from... I was sexually abused as a kid. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I can hide from that. And oh, I, you know, don't want to talk to my parents because I don't feel like they love me. And, and, you know, a lot of struggles as a kid. And later on as a teenager, it's like, this really sucks. I can't feel anything. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Um, it just became uncontrollable. Yeah. How did you know you were numb? I guess I'm just asking because in high school, I was numbed the crap out. And I feel like I, I really, it, it took me a lot longer to get aware than it took you. So so how how did you kind of come to that? I couldn't feel anything. Or if I did, it was just like sad emotions. Other, other than what, you know, I felt when looking at porn, it was, it felt awful. Hmm. It's very depressing you felt the shame of it. Of my life, yeah, yeah, self shame a lot, and it's like, oh, I I do this, it means I'm bad, right? But then to deal with the idea that I'm bad, then I turn back to it, and just a vicious totally. cycle that never ends unless you break out of it. So, yeah, so, so, um, what was the relationship with God in those early teen years? What I mean, relationship? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't have one. There, I I grew up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and still okay. am now. Okay, um, cool. But it was more like grew up learning. Oh, these things are taboo. We don't talk about these things. You don't do these things, right? Very shame based thinking around um my relationship with the church, and so I seems to everyone else like I was doing fine. Like, oh yeah, I, I go to seminary, read my scriptures, I do, you know, all these all these things I'm supposed, supposed to, do. to do. Sure. But the feeling and connection with God was not there and not desired really because I felt like, oh, I don't belong. He doesn't love me. I still struggle with that a bit. Struggle to get the church to want to reach out to someone I feel like would judge me, even though logically... I know that's not true. So my relationship now is miles better, more loving. I know he's there to, you know, hold me if I reach out to him. Yeah. So so how did how did recovery start for you? I'm assuming it didn't start at age 14. Almost, technically. Um, so I... At some point, my parents found out. The, the first time they found, they saw me looking at porn. It's like, oh, you know, don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this will take care of itself. Just don't sure. do that. Sure. Um, later on, it was like, okay, we should probably do something about this. And so we went to the uh, UCAP, 
Utah Coalition Against Pornography Conference. And there's a lot of great stuff there. At least I can see that now. You know, back then it was like, <laughs> oh, you know, I just don't talk to You're anybody. Like, why am I even here? This is horrible. Yeah. And there were times looking back, I can see, oh, they were trying to show love. They, they cared, right? But in the moment, it was very much like shame, shame, shame. Um, so around that time, I started um, doing therapy for sexual addictions with Lifestar of Salt Lake. And I was not in it for me. I was in it for the expectations of my parents. And like, I knew that I wanted to change, but not enough to put my heart into it. Because it's like, oh, I don't want to change these things that are keeping me safe, quote unquote. And I did that for four or five years and then on and off after that. And it didn't seem to me like it was working. Um, and the whole time I'd refused to do group therapy. It's like, oh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to. I don't want to share with, with people, which seems kind of ironic now, right? Um, and we're all just grinning at Eric. You can't see it, but we'll, <laughs> well just, just because it is so, it's, it's isolating, right? Like, it's so isolating. I mean, I, we all have had that experience. Like, I am the only one. And so I think it's like when you have that knowing laughter, you know, in a group, when people are like, ah, ha, 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 right? Like, because <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're just naming a truth for all of us of like, what, what, like that's suicide. It's ironic that's the way that you get used to thinking because it's like, oh, you know, people probably are not struggling with porn addiction. It's just me. It's, it's fine. But then it's like, oh, my three, four friends that I decided to trust, like all of them shared the same thing with me or later on, it, there's some friends that have like hinted at it and it's like, okay, I get it. You don't need to, don't want to be open necessarily, but that's okay. It's up to you. And I find that funny that we get, we're so scared to let people know, but there's so many other people out there that are struggling with the same thing. And so like you, people in your ward or people, just buddies, like you were just saying, they all struggle with it too, but not one of you guys were ever going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, I I eventually went back to therapy um, two, three years ago now when dating my wife. Um, and then to group therapy a few months after that, which has been or was a great experience. Um, it was like a year and a half, two years total doing their program. Um, and when I went back, I was not in it for, well, I wasn't in it entirely for her. It was still like, okay, you want me to change? I kind of want to change, you know, I let's let's do this. But it changed from that into, okay, I actually want to heal. I want to feel better. I want to be free of this. I want to feel okay. Um, How did that shift happen for you? Through group therapy, I would say. Um shame hates being heard, right? Um, I think Brene Brown said that. And being in a small group of guys that I could be open with, and they were open with me yeah. about whether it was the exact same struggles, similar things, other things that I'd never struggled with. It's like they showed me their heart and I showed them mine. 
um, even if it took months to to get to that point. Um, that helped me get over some of that shame initially and, and desire to want to share. And um, I also did EMDR um, for a while that helped me get over some trauma and, and work through that. EMDR is a therapy that's a form of uh, deeply researched by the military that is a is a way of processing trauma. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, "What's EMDR?" That's it's a it's a form of therapy. Yeah, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Just a way of processing trauma. I've also um, I've met with an energy kinesiologist lately. Um, they work with like energy stored in your body mm-hmm. from trauma, from experiences that mm-hmm. affects the way you think and act. Um, your emotions heavily affect your body like stress can give you certain types of pain in areas of your body or whatever it is body keeps the score is the name of the book if you want to know more about stuff like that okay mm -hmm. so i i often not as much anymore but i used to get sore throat a lot Mm. because i wouldn't talk about things i would hide things Mm. and that was my physical manifestation of that Mm -hmm. anyway so um Oh, dude, we could we let's nerd out on the body stuff later. Maybe in the bonus <laughs> content or whatever, because it's it's so true, and there's so much there. But anyways, yeah, keep going. Yeah, um, I I guess I was done with that thought. Right. So, so, so you got you go the, <laughs> so you got group. You love group. Yeah. You going to twelve step as well or not twelve step? I I tried the church's twelve step. Didn't like it. I never did. Uh, SAO or SAL? SAL. SAL is a popular one here in the Salt Lake area. Yeah. yeah. I never did it. Um, I thought about it, but it went from like individual therapy to group therapy. And I went to boot camp, and that helped me a lot with being my true self, connecting with God. I guess it was really the first time I actually wanted to connect with God and felt like I could. Um, so now I listen to a lot of like worship, Christian worship music that, yeah. that helps me connect. Yep, yep, yep. At first, it was the only thing that brought me peace and it made me feel okay. I just play the, oh, wow. the same playlist yeah. from Bootcamp over and over and over because that's the only thing that helped. Yeah, I feel that. Um, and that earlier this year, I asked my wife to marry me and, and, was able to marry her in the temple a month ago, which was really cool, and I didn't think I could Super do that. Cool. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Thank you. So that's that was like, can I do this? I don't really know. My step into the unknown, you know, with, with her and knowing yeah. knowing from the beginning she wanted to be married in in the temple. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> and and what's cool though is is she knows your story and she still loves you. So where, and I don't know how you felt, and maybe you could talk about that. Is, yeah, he's here. You, we can just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you feel like that where even though she knows your whole story, she still loves you. So it goes against the inner core belief. And did you have that inner core, or it's not inner core, faulty core belief of if she knows who I am, she will not love me. Did I you think- have that? That, I don't know if that's one of my main faulty beliefs. I just call them faulty beliefs. For it's great. Short, yeah, but, super. That's fine. But definitely that feeling was there. 
of like, oh, I can't, I can't really be who she wants. Uh, Not wanting to face that, of course, but I, it's been a journey to accept myself for who I am. And I'm still on that journey. When I grew up, I learned, like, I'm not worthy of love. I do bad things, so I am bad. I'm not enough. Those are the kind of main three that I'm still working through. Um, and now it's mainly just, do I love myself? Because to a point, I can cancel those three out and say, okay, those aren't, those aren't really true. So how do you see yourself? Good point. A good question. Um, That's why I asked it. <laughs> someone who wants to heal and is on the path to do so. Why? Why do you want to? Uh, so I'm not asking that out of sarcasm. I think one of the hardest things to do in recovery is to actually want to do it whether it's to start recovery or in the path of recovery, just having like recovery fatigue. Like I've been out this X years. I just don't want to do it anymore. And so where's that desire to heal come from for you? From when I initially took those first few steps back into therapy a few years ago, the glimmers of hope and of like just a little bit of feeling it's okay was enough to get me to take another step. And now it's more like I know how I feel on the days where I can believe those, like I'm worthy of love and I'm, I'm enough. And I can remember those times and connect with God and know that those things are, are true, that I'm enough and, and et cetera. And that's enough for me to keep going. Um, for a long time, I, you know, my whole teenage years for basically 10 years of on and off therapy, I didn't have the courage to take that next step. I just focused on my fear and like, I don't want to change. I'm comfortable where I am, you know, not really, but, um, you know, that song like, um, how's it go? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, the Matthew S. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah. So I want to I go back to the Please beginning. Please do. Yeah. So when I grew up, I had a, a dad who was emotionally abusive. Whether he realized it at the time or not. I know he's realized it more now, and we've had some some conversations, although I still struggle to have that connection with him. Sure. Um, that kind of was the basis of, okay, I can't trust him. I can't trust my parents. I can't, sure. can't trust other people. Um, then just before I was baptized, I was sexually abused by my friend who lived next door around my age. And that was so hard to deal with for me because but I felt like... Like age eight? Yeah. Sorry, for those who don't know when you're getting back. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, cool. so yep. seven, just seven, eight, yep. going on eight. And I felt like it was my fault. And I get that it's not, but it still feels a little bit like 
you know, that, that, that was my fault. I put myself in that knowing situation. it in your head versus knowing it in your heart are two different things. Yeah. Very right? different. Amen. Yeah. Um, and now I can talk openly about it, which is cool. It's amazing. You know, which I couldn't have done f- even five years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, and got into porn after that and, and just very self-shaming and self-loathing. Um, at some point I started to have like same sex attraction and those kind of thoughts. And again, I pushed those away. Like, Oh, I can't, I can't think like that. That's taboo. That's, I grew up learning. I'm not supposed to do those things. Um, which I still ended up exploring a little bit anyway in my teenage years, but I pushed those thoughts away. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm not worthy of love. Cause I have, I have that. That's been one of the things that's been the hardest for me to accept in loving myself is like, it doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm worthy of love anyway. And I choose what I do with those thoughts that I have, you know? Um, well, and uh, what I, I'm curious about, and this is maybe me just talking about my own struggles and getting free advice from you, but, um, I think a big thing I've struggled with is feeling shame or the I am bad script for like the fact that that thought even showed up. Mm -hmm. Like, and and so it's almost like because that thought showed up, I'm like, oh, I'm bad. So, well, uh, you know, I I mean, I guess I might as well go slip because I'm I'm already, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, it's like you already committed the crime. So like you might as well take the jewels and try and run. Like you're already, you know what I mean? Like you're already getting arrested anyways. You you dipped one toe in, just jump in. Totally. Yeah, that, right. I know that's been a struggle for me. And so how have you been able to separate like, cause I think you just said that really profoundly, right. Of like, it's okay. Right. Like I'm not defined right by that. I've had thoughts or feelings or, or any of those desires. Right. And so how have you been able to separate just the fact that those are present, right. And a part of you, a part of your nature, a part of your sexuality, a part of what's happened to you in your history, right? Like in all this, like how have you been able to separate like that stuff showing up, you know, doesn't mean that you're bad. That has taken a long time and I'm still working on that. Um, it really used to be that way of like, I had this thought, I, I did something, whatever it is, I'm bad, I'm unworthy, I should be punished, I, whatever. And that's, I'm still learning to to love myself, you know, to love all of myself. But just because a thought passes through your mind doesn't mean that's who you are. Awesome. And that is a logical realization, not a emotional realization, right? Yeah. It, also took a lot of therapy <laughs> and sharing with with people being yeah. okay with like okay that's a part of the thoughts that i have that doesn't define my heart it doesn't define who i know i want to be whether it's like temptations or like porn ad pops up on the thing or like oh i you know said this mean comment to somebody at work it doesn't matter any any of that stuff is it's like it doesn't define who you are and who you want to be. 
Um, there's a analogy um, I heard from Wayne Dyer, W. Uh, Doctor Wayne Dyer. Anyway, yeah. um, they can Google from there. We got yeah. it close enough. <laughs> so Wayne Dyer said, um, "Imagine your life as a boat, and the wake is left behind the boat, um, but the wake cannot drive the boat. The what is the wake is just what's left behind. It's just your past, right?" The energy you're putting into what you're doing right now drives the boat, drives your life in the direction you want to go. Mm. It doesn't matter if you slipped up yesterday or today, even. It's what's the next step? What are you going to do about it? Yeah. yeah. Saying that is one thing and doing it is an entirely other, but I love that analogy. But that's a choice that you've got to make every single day, too. Sometimes it's multiple times throughout the day. Yeah. Remind yourself that, you know, you aren't your actions. You can be changed by your own actions over time and they can become a part of you, but they can also become less of a part of you if you do it less, if you work on changing yourself. Um, One of the other things that's helped me a lot is just journaling and processing my feelings. I didn't realize for a long time I was turning to porn to process my I'm not good enough. My, oh, this situation happened or someone yelled at me or like, oh, I did bad on a test at school. And that triggered me to be like, oh, I'm not enough. I'm going to go act out. That journaling and working through that helps me a lot. And it's one of my main coping mechanisms now of take five, ten minutes off, whether I'm at work or you know, had a conversation with somebody that made me upset or a situation with my wife. I'll take time and journal it out and and process like, okay, that situation doesn't mean I'm bad. It just means that someone's upset or, you know, whatever it is. So I used to say to my wife when we were dating, it isn't about the addiction. It's about what's behind the addiction. It's about why I turned to it, not the actual things. And it was hard for her because she always thought like, oh, you know, if you're looking at this, then maybe I'm not good enough. I'm not beautiful enough or or whatever it is. And that was really hard on her. So I think you've named some like really key and profound changes, right? Like, that have happened in your life and are happening, right? Like in change, how has God played a role in that? Or what has God's role been in that? I left him out of it for a long time. Um, but now he's like my rock. He's the only steady thing. Um, I could name half a dozen songs I love from... Christian worship of like Christ is my firm foundation by uh, I can't remember the guy's name but I love that song Um, he's something to turn to that I know will be there and I know is not judgmental most of the time I can at least feel that Um, and music I really connect to music um, we talk about 
love notes at boot camp, like little things God says, like, hey, I still love you, or hey, I'm thinking of you. Right. And one of the big things for me is music. So I'll put on K-Love on the radio, and and there'll be, oh, that song that I love just happened to be on when I turned on the radio. That happens so often. You wouldn't believe it. I actually would as someone who listens to a bunch of Christian music. <laughs> but yes, no, totally. The uh, We always stand here like when we're talking just as a crew, we're like, you can't make that up, right? Like just the stuff you can't make up. Yeah, I don't believe in coincidences. For sure. In fact, even even Kayla named, she's like, I'm like mad. I totally had a K-Love moment. And like, I hate that because that's just like cheesy and I'm like, uh, I roll. But like, I totally had one. I remember when she shared that with me. <laughs> Is that like the right yeah. song at the right time? And I love those it. moments. For sure. For sure. So music's a big was is a big way connecting with God. Yeah. If I'm paying attention to it, I'll notice other things like wildlife is another big one for me, like birds, snake, grasshopper, you know, deer, whatever, on the side of the road or in the backyard. Um, and sending people into my way, either that I can help or that are meant to change or affect me. Those are my kind of love notes. And remind me, oh, you should turn back to me. God's saying that to me. Like, hey, remember I'm here. Remember I love you. Like, I, I really do love you. <laughs> you know. So you went from not having a connection with God. It was, you literally said, like, what what relationship? You didn't mm-hmm. really have one. How did you come to get to know God really well like you do now? It was slow going for a long time. I, I I was not active in church for a long time. You know, in the Latter-day Saint church, you're expected as a man to serve a mission at about age 19, 20, you know, I didn't, and I couldn't, you know, if I was honest about my, my porn addiction with my bishop, it's like, oh, you can't serve, you know, and I deluded myself for a while, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to go to myself and to others. And then ended up just not talking to God for a long time. Maybe like, oh, I join my family and they do prayer or something, but not really doing anything myself. Um, what was the invitation that you needed or what was the invitation you were able to accept to start leaning back into the relationship? It was a five minute meeting with the um, Elders Corn president. Just someone who's like, hey, I'm reaching out because your records are here. We know you're supposed to be in the ward. Do you have time to meet? That got me like God's foot in the door, basically, you know, like just one little step. And it went slowly from there until I went to boot camp last September. Um, and that was when I really felt like I was loved. Like I, I'm enough. I'm okay. Even if it's just for him, I can feel okay. Um, and then even the, the second boot camp I went to this this past, you know, five, six months ago was, was even more so. Like I went with different questions and, and things, sure. but still that, that feeling was so strong of like, I love you so much. Let me show you what I have planned for you. Yeah. I want to go back to, because I think you named this really well too, about talking about like the way I would say it is that um, we look at 
the pornography use as the problem, right? Like this is the problem where really when we can get in our internal world, right? Like for you, for me, right? For like all the guys here, for the team here, it's actually the solution. And so like, I know for me, it was the solution to my loneliness and the abandonment that I was experiencing Mm -hmm. for me. And so for you, what do you feel like it was a solution for and how have you found the, well, we'll start there, but like, so, so what has it been the solution for? Like, this is something you've been battling, like, I mean, since your youth, something that obviously you're not like, cool, let's do it. Look at more porn. Like, so the obvious looks like, well, but still to Chris's, like you're choosing to, right? So like, how has it been the solution for you? The solution for what? It was a way to find validation for me of like, oh, I I got in an argument with somebody like, oh, they don't love me. Maybe I'll find someone who does. And it seems weird to think about it that way, but that's what it was, you know? Not weird at all. (laughs) It's like, it's always there to help, even though it doesn't help, right? Yes. It's something that always in the moment gives a little bit of validation, makes me feel better about myself. And then just absolutely awful afterwards. Just destroys you after. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the short term. I mean, we talk about that all the time. Like it works or everyone wouldn't be doing it. Right. Like there's, there is, if the payoff, if there was no payoff, right. Then everyone wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. If it didn't make you feel good, then you'd be done. Right. Right. And, and people have had that experience doing drugs, you know, like I've talked to people, certain drugs they are like, Oh yeah, man, I did acid. I hated it. And they never do acid again. Why? Because the payoff wasn't there. Right. Like it wasn't, it was in the space. So you talked about earlier too, just about being numb. Right. And so looking at it, you know, more in your adulthood, right. As, as, as you continue to struggle, what, what is it that you were trying to get away from? Like, cause it was the solution, right? The numbing agent. What is it that you've been trying to numb out? Hating myself. That's not as strong of a feeling as it was, you know, before, but that's one of the main things. It's like, I just feel awful. I'd rather feel awful than feel awful. Yeah. If you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. And if feeling nothing meant not feeling awful about myself, then that's what I had to work with as a teenager. Although I know a part of my heart was screaming out like, please help. You know, I don't yeah. want this. Yeah. So I have a question for you. So do you, do you have a band of brothers that you are close to like, or a core group that you connect with on a regular basis? stay connected to like with other healthy men? Not as much as I should. <laughs> or, or do you battle <laughs> but, it alone? That's yes. why, that was the other part of the question. Oh, you is, can't. Or do you battle it alone? You can't. I did when I was in the midst of my addiction. Now I'm sober like three, six months. I've lost count because it's no, the, hey. the number doesn't really matter. You know, I am who I am. Um, Man, that sounded bad by itself. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I've got I've got connection with my brothers back from boot camps I've been to. Um, there's a friend of mine I've known twenty almost twenty five years. We went to first grade together, and he, we we've just kept in touch. He was the best man at my wedding. Very cool. He's a great guy. Um, you have a new weightlifting buddy from boot camp? Yeah, yeah, my friend. Um, I see him a couple times a week. Josh, what good. up? Shout out. <laughs> see you. Josh lives in my neighborhood, so that's we all. It's, yeah. yeah, we tight. He's a great guy. Um, I've got a few other friends here and there. I've got my my guys from Lifestar Group that. Which I, was the therapy group, right? Just yeah, close, so yeah. Close. My 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 group yeah. therapy. Um, and. God should be involved in there somewhere or kind of intertwining and in, in all of those. So you have these awesome groups of men, but how do you utilize those men? There's certain people I know I can reach out to whenever middle of the night on a weekend, you know, in a movie, doesn't matter. Yep. And they're responsive and entirely non-judgmental because they've been there. And I love that. Yeah. And not even when it's with like, oh, I was tempted this morning or like, you know, sure. oh, this woman walked down the street or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm really stressed out about work and I need to talk to somebody or like, oh, I just had this fight with someone and like, man, I'm really feeling down about myself. Can you talk for like an hour? Those are the kind of guys I really like having in my life. I've kind of spent less time with some of my older friends who always wear a mask. Mm. They aren't willing to, like I wasn't willing to in the past, be vulnerable, to open their heart a little bit, to, to connect with me when I need that connection. And I've connected more, leaned more towards people who are willing to be that true, vulnerable self themselves so that I can be that self with them. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that's, I mean, I think we, and I know we've bounced around a little bit in this episode and just, just so many different gold nuggets of you being like this piece, this piece, this piece. But I think as we close here, I think like you and you should see when Eric showed up, right? Like sat down in the chair and put the headphones on. He's like, ready, we're doing this. Right. <laughs> he says, so, Let's go. <laughs> so like, just this, like, right. This passion that you have, like, I, I think you've like hit on so much in your story and your share of like the people who are, are feel stuck grinding it out, you know, who like aren't connecting the big trauma wounding and the God piece and the brotherhood and, and what I need from therapy or connection and, and church, like, like how you've woven this all together. So um, to those struggling, you know, in addiction still um, men and women, right? Like knowing it's not a gender line thing. So to those who are struggling addiction, who feel like they have all those different pieces, but aren't weaving together the blanket, like you so beautifully weaved in this episode, right? Like, so to those who are just in the struggle of it, feeling like, yeah, 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 like I, I've heard all the pieces named, but I don't know how to actually get this together into real movement. 
to, to end the episode, what, what would you want to say to them? I'd say, first of all, reach out to God because he's always there and he can send you on the path that you need to be on. Like pray first, like, God, I need, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I'm hurting. Just where do I go from here? He will send you a person or a song or it'll work out. He has so much love for you. I'd also recommend finding just like one person you can talk to. That can be a therapist or a parent or a friend. Maybe that's talking to your dog. I love talking to my dog. Great listener. (laughs) Non-judgmental. And just trust that even though you're taking a step into the unknown, there is a path there. And even though you can't see it, God has every step planned out. And he wants you to heal and to to get over this. Yeah. Love that. So my fellow music listener, I know there are many songs that you, do you have a song ready? Are you picked on a song? I am. I, it was hard cause I, I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot that I love. Gyra by Elevation Worship. Ooh, that speaks to Steve's heart for sure. Right there. That's the one we played that at um, the last boot camp. I wish you guys had finished the whole song, but it's you know. just so long. I know it's like it's, nine minutes. The it's best worth part it. of the song is the end, though. I love that first. I've never been more loved than I am right now. Was it holding you up? I don't remember. Because there's <laughs> nothing I could do to let you down. Doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I've never been more loved than I am right now. If you have not heard this song, listen to the whole well, thing. It is right absolutely now. beautiful, Eric. Wisdom, my friend, Nuggets, and, and I want to name the battles hard fought and won and, and appreciate you sharing um, the realness of your recovery with us and of your heart. So thank you for being willing to come on and share with yeah, us. of course. And um, invite you to join us in the bonus content with Eric. We're going to ping around some other questions, get some other gold nuggets, some of the stuff he wasn't able to share here. You can uh, join us by becoming an outsider, outsiders, those who are bold, accepted, and uh, unashamed who are joining us in this movement of spreading hope and uh, of sharing story and really believing in healing. You can do that by going to unashamedunafraid.com slash donate. Um, we are a nonprofit, and all of those donations go to fund scholarships um, in order for people to come to boot camp, um, as was named in this episode or different online resources and different things. So if you are in need of a scholarship, go to unashamedunafraid.com slash scholarships. Um, give us five stars on iTunes. That's how the world finds us and rates us. Um, totally send us all an email. If you have a story to share, questions, we definitely want to hang out and be with you. Um, follow us on social media, connect with us, connect with us there at Unashamed and Afraid. Um, and until we connect again, continue to be unashamed. And we are going to leave with Eric's song, Pick of the Letter Indeed, Top notch and one close to my heart, Gyra by Elevation Worship and Maverick City. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy. To make you proud I'll never be more loved 
than I am right now. Going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to call me out. You would cross an ocean, so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer than you are right now. I know who 